Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Sometimes the benefits on a job can outweigh the value of the actual labor and income. Jesus provides eternal benefits because of his work on the cross. Look at this. I'll read further from verse 24. For our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us. Here's the transfer. Also count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. There's your benefit package. In a lawsuit, it's, it, it's possible to impute negligence, but impossible to impute innocence. I know I used the word twice. Impute, place upon, on behalf of. It's amazing he takes our sin and we take his righteousness. That's a pretty good transfer, isn't it? I like that kind of transfer. Yeah? Hallelujah. So I said there were three words I'm going to use today. The first word you just heard was transfer. Now we're going to look at transformation. Write down the word transformation. I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17 through 21, or verses 17 through 21. 2 Corinthians 5. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So not only do you have benefits, you get benefits because of your job as an ambassador. You're an ambassador. Those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior become ambassadors. And so on behalf of who you represent, we have many ambassadors for the United States of America that serve in other nations of the world. They represent us. They represent our president and our nation. Ambassadors do. You represent Jesus. And see what happens is when you give your life to Jesus Christ, transformation takes place. Come on, somebody. Your life has been changed. 
by the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ because in Christ we become a new creation. That's transformation. 1 Peter 2, 21 puts it this way. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering. I'm still in 2 Corinthians. I didn't finish. I didn't give you verse 21. Come on, that's the best verse. Who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Now let's look at what 1 Peter 2.21 says. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He's called you to do good. It requires action. So this work of transformation, now you become his ambassador. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're an ambassador. All right, do it with a little bit of attitude this time. Say, you better represent. <laughs> Isn't it strange that the impact some laws have on us, they make us want to break them? I know you're thinking, what are you up to, preacher? How many of you that are 40 years, I guess I can go back 30, nah, I better stick with 40. Remember ever copying a cassette? I'll I, I put one out that a few of you that are younger will know. You didn't copy cassettes, you burned CDs. You know it, you did it. You were thrilled when they came out with labels. You could buy labels for your CDs that you burned from somebody else who paid the price. So you could look official. Like somehow that made it better that you were breaking copyright laws. I, I'm sure I still have a few cassettes. I still have them. I, I, I'm having a hard time getting rid of them because some of those you can't find the replacements for. We, by our nature, there are some things that law tells us to do that we're uncomfortable or just don't want to do. We're, we make up our own minds to do our own thing, but, but grace is different, isn't it? Amen. The compelling force on grace is love. Love will make you do some silly things, won't it? Amen. Come on, guys. Y'all stand with me, men, uh, in support of this. Love will make you do some silly things that you otherwise, you ain't doing. Be honest with this preacher today. You ain't doing them. It'll make you do some strange stuff. Love will make you get up early. Mama, love will make you get up at 2 a.m. You ain't trying to get up at 2 a.m. But... 
that little child says differently, don't they? And, and nobody, I mean, you may nudge your spouse and say, yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> if you're feeding them with a bottle, it's your turn. Otherwise, it's all on you, mama. Love will make you do some things, some, some strange things. Grace is based in love, and, and, and we do things like that out of love. And, and I, uh, this morning, on my way in, I, I stopped at the giant supermarket, and love compelled me to pick up Pastor Amy a, a corsage. Now, she doesn't need help looking more beautiful on Easter or Resurrection Sunday, but I did that. <laughs> Honest to God, I did not do that because of this illustration, but it happens to fit well. What compelled me to do so was not she had instructed me the night before, you better have a corsage for me. She didn't lay down the law. In my heart was a passion and desire to do something for her that made her feel special. That's the difference between law and grace. Jesus was compelled to go to the cross and in his compelling force provides grace to us and his work on our behalf is such that we undergo a transformation. And I don't serve him because I have to. I serve him because I choose to. Because if his love can compel him to go all the way to the cross... And, do, and endure the pain, the suffering, and the struggle of the cross, then it's, it behooves me out of love for his act to allow his work to transform me. When the actions of Christ in, in the movie or the motion picture, Passion of the Christ... When it leaps off the screen, when you, let me take you back, because it's been a few years for a few of you, apparently, because I only saw three hands raised who just watched it now, but I want to take you to the garden for a minute. Do you remember him standing there? It was a wonderful depiction as he stands there agonizing in the garden before the cross, before Judas came with his captors. And he's agonizing. And, and, and he's sweating and he's crying out, Father, let this cup pass from me. And then when they do take him captive, if you'll recall from the movie, a proper depiction, they didn't just invite Jesus to come along with him. No, they beat him into submission. And he allowed them to do it. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. Think about it for a moment like this, that Jesus had to put himself in the position to allow that to happen to him. Amen. Imagine for a moment that 
Nate, I'm going to use you for an illustration. Come on up here, bud. Let me, uh, let me, I need somebody else, and I have to pick on somebody small, so how about you come up here? Oh, I could, not, let me get the little guy behind you. He hadn't done anything. Come on up. Can you come on up? I mean, he got his hair all done, so he might as well be out in front of everybody. John, I want you, this is Josh. Thank you, buddy. I'm glad you came up here. I'll try not to embarrass you. Nate, y'all see, see Nate? Little guy Nate? <laughs> now, I want you to imagine for a moment, I'm using this illustration to make a point for you. Jesus had to allow them to take him because the, the, what you have to understand is that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was standing in that garden. All power, he said it, all power and authority has been given unto me. All power and authority. Now imagine for a moment, Josh telling Nate, I got you, bro, you're coming with me. If Nate doesn't want to go, do you think Nate's going? Do me a favor, Josh. Try to pull Nate some direction. Just grab him by the arm. Say, you're taking him with you, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Pull him, Josh. Get, get Nate out of here. He, you, you're trying to get him out of here, right? Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Nate. I think you guys get the picture. So imagine that's Jesus in the garden, and they come to get him. And, and one, of the, one of the gospels tells it this way. When they came and, and he said, I am, they all fell down. That's the power Jesus had. And yet he chooses to submit himself to that abuse, that pain, that heartache. And in, human, in his human being, he is beat to a pulp. He's beaten. And so because of that, Jesus transfers his righteousness to you. I told you there were three words, didn't I? Transfer, transformation, and the third T in this trio of T's, triumph. Colossians 2.15 puts it this way. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities... He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Now, they didn't know it when they crucified him. But that was a public display of what it took to have your sin atoned for. In view of the very real presence, however, of evil, death, and destruction, how is it that we Christians can say the cross represents Christ's triumph? How can we say that? 
Because we understand that the cross was God's D-Day. So I told you we're going to learn a little something this morning. Many of you, probably most of you have heard of D-Day. I think they're still teaching this in history today. Possibly not, but, but I'll teach you a little bit about D-Day. On June 6th, 1944, the Allies, the Americans were part of the Allied forces, successfully landed on the beaches of Normandy. Was the war won that day? We will say an unequivocal yes. Was it over? An unequivocal no. In fact, D-Day guaranteed there would be a V-E day. V-E stands for victory in Europe. It's traced back to D-Day, but there was 11 months in between. And for this little historical lesson on Resurrection Sunday, what you probably don't know is that in the time frame, that 11-month time frame, because uh, World War II went on for a good long period of time, but there were more lives lost between that 11-month period than any other 11-month period during the war. More lives were lost. Yet with hindsight, we can say the war was won when the invasion at Normandy was successful. Why did I give you that history lesson here this morning? We, the body of Christ, live in the in-between time. We're in the in-between time. The time between the passion of the cross and God's great D-Day celebration. There is coming a great and awesome day. The scripture says the great and awesome day of the Lord. The great day of the Lord. There's coming a day when ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. There ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. I'm gonna get up out of this ground. Cause there ain't no grave that can hold my body down. And we can live in victory now because I, 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 I walk in victory because of the work of Jesus Christ on my behalf. I live in victory right now because I know what Jesus already did makes it possible for me to walk in victory even now. But I want you to know there is coming a great day of victory. There will be graves that are opened up and have no use or have no uh, uh, capacity to hold their captives. Because those who have died in Christ Jesus will be caught up first 
to meet the Lord in the air. I'm anticipating being here when Jesus raptures us, raptures us out of here anyway. Look at what Romans 16 verse 20 says. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Did you hear that? Will crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. So you see, victory's already won, and yet the battle rages on. Our victory is sealed in today's celebration and triumph. 1 Corinthians 1.18 puts it this way, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Amen. Satan thought he had secured in the cross, what he thought he had secured in the cross was completely erased in the triumph of the resurrection. Oh, come on, y'all go ahead and give God praise. I'm, I'm just thinking about the last passage of, of scripture that I read and, and, and relating it to the movie because I just watched it again, The Passion of the Christ. You remember when that snake was slithering upon Jesus in the garden? And there comes that moment. Jesus lifts his foot and crushes the head of the serpent. He's already crushed the head of the serpent. And what Satan thought was victory, or what he thought was his victory, actually became Victory for Christ and all of those who would follow him. The very moment Jesus stepped out of the tomb, death lost its victory. And oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? I walk in the victory of the cross knowing that my final day is just a beginning. This is a speck. This is nothing. Because I'm passing through this journey. I'm passing through this territory. I, I, I'm about to hit the homeland, but the homeland I'm talking about, I'll be in for eternity. So a little bit of pain, a little bit of struggle here and now is nothing. So you got transfer, You've got transformation and you've got triumph. Let me close this thing for you today. Your sin can be transferred to him and his righteousness transferred to you. He did this work for you. That's a pretty good transfer, wouldn't you say? John eleven twenty five 25 and 26 puts it this way. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? 
Do you believe this? Insert your name. Do you believe this? Will never ever die. That doesn't mean that you may not go into a grave. It just means that like a planting, that's what it is. Life is just beginning at that moment. It's just beginning. <laughs> All you must do is ask him to take away your sins. He died on your behalf. He died that you may have everlasting life. But you have to ask him to transfer his righteousness after he takes away your guilt and sin. So that's transfer. Transformation is when you truly submit your life to him, transformation begins. You will become a new version of yourself. You may look like you do. People will recognize you because you look the same, essentially. How many of you, though, got saved and got transformed by the Lord, and when you got around some of your old friends, they looked at you and said, you're different. You're different. Since Jesus came into your life, you changed. You become a new version of yourself. Romans 6, 4 puts it like this. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So you can do it. You'll begin to think and act differently as you're sanctified and set apart unto Jesus Christ. I know I changed. And I can say it, I, I mean, I, I was not saved. I was not prepared to go to heaven, but I wasn't that bad. I mean, I was a kid. And I can say, he changed me. He changed me. I've been redeemed. Hallelujah. So you transfer, transformation, and finally, you can walk in triumph. Jesus did the work so you could win. How about that? Jesus does the work so you can win. And this is not for a day. This is for all eternity. So as I look around the room this morning, I know that I don't know a lot of you. I really don't know you. I recognize many of you, obviously, the majority of you. But there's a few of you I don't know. And so I have to ask you this question. Have you received Christ's eternal transfer look at 1 Corinthians 15 verses 21 and 22 again so you see just as death came into the world through a man now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life 
new life. One more verse. And how about if you stand to your feet and we're going to do this verse together. I know most of you Pentecostals aren't used to liturgy. But we're going to do this in that same fashion. Read this with me, please. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. So all of you go back to two days before Christmas and you're 10 years old. If you're not there yet, it's okay because you'll be able to follow this illustration. But two days before Christmas, you know what expectation is, right? You've seen a big old wrap present there. And you know what you asked for. It looks the part. It feels the part. It has the weight of it. You know what expectation is. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. You live with great expectation. So I can talk about my joy. I can talk about joy with many of you that have experienced this internal resurrection already. But I need all of you that are here this morning to do this for me. Would you close your eyes and bow your head for a moment? Nobody looking around. It's a private moment between you, me, and the Lord. Is it possible that you've come here this morning? And as I said, I don't know many of you that are here. But I do know this. God knows you and he knows about your life. And if there's even the slightest question as to where you would spend eternity. And let me answer that on one level for you. If you've not asked Christ to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, I can tell you, he said in his own words, I am the way, the truth, and the life no man comes to the Father except through me. If you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior, you will not spend eternity in heaven. It's that simple. You can be nice. You could be a, a great giver, be helpful, loving parent, and still split hell wide open. Because of the words of Jesus. He said, I'm the way. So if you've tried to get through some other pathway, like being nice or attending church, 
attending church will not get you through the gates of heaven unless you have asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins to be your Lord and Savior he's your only hope he is the resurrection and the life remember what he said to Martha I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me can have eternal life or live so heads are still bowed eyes are still closed nobody's looking around if you have a question the slightest question on whether or not you're ready to meet Jesus lift that hand way up high so I could see it today lift it up high you say I got to make sure thank you somebody else lift your hand up high thank you God bless you anybody else come on don't let this day pass without knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt if Jesus should blow if that trumpet should blow and he split the eastern sky and rapture his church out of here or or if death should come to you come on let's let's make that change today thank you you can put your hands down now here's what we need to do it's it's really easy to raise your hand in this solemn moment and say I know that things are not right between God and I but listen Jesus was willing to go all the way to the cross for you are you willing to just make that short walk out of your pew past a few people and come down to this altar if you just raised your hand are you willing to do that the word says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. Come on, let's erase the doubt. If you raised your hand, would you come forward right now? Would you do it? Would you be willing to come out? Come on, let them out. Come on, wait, there's another hand. I know you can come. Come on, be bold. Push past the people that are around you. Just come on out. Come on out. Hallelujah. We got room for another. We got room for plenty more. Come on. We're going to pray this prayer, sisters. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you chose to make this decision. We still got time, we still got room for you. You can still come to this altar. Come on, don't leave out of here wondering. Don't leave out of here wondering. Leave here knowing. What if the gray, what if the flowers that would dawn your grave are in bloom right now? What if they're in bloom right now? The flowers that would be on your grave. Do you want to remove the doubt? Come on, don't leave this place wondering.
Leave this place knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come on, ladies, let's pray this prayer. You came forward. You're bold enough to leave that seat and come all the way down here. Thank you. So pray this prayer with me. Those of you watching online, maybe there's somebody watching online that will hear this message and know you've got to make it right with the Lord. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for going to the cross, for shedding your blood and giving your life. You did that for me. Jesus, thank you for coming out of that grave proving your power over death. And now I ask you to transfer my sin, my guilt onto you. One more thing I ask, Jesus. Transfer your righteousness to me. Erase my guilt. And forgive my sins. From this moment, I'm yours. Amen. Hallelujah. Would all of you young ladies mind going with that young lady right there and her husband and just just walk through that doorway. They're going to pray with you and share some stuff with you. Come on. Can you turn her mic on? Come on, let's sing with her. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Come on, sing it. The cross before me, the world behind the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. Thank you so much for making this 
a part of your day. I hope you have an amazing Resurrection Sunday. Come on, give God praise because he rose from the grave and he gives us life everlasting. Hallelujah! I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the lehigh valley but around the world we want to do our part in reaching the people that god has entrusted to us with the gospel of jesus christ you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry god bless you have an amazing day remember you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.